Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're talking our favorite pop culture duos today. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereen. And I'm Clifton. Okay, so pretty easy. This can come from all media, movies, TV, comics, whatever, whatever you got. Um, one thing I'll say is say the relationship uh, for your, you know, if they're friends, brother, you know, whatever. Right. I would just say that uh, at the at the top of your choice. But uh, Frank, you want to kick us off? Sure. I'm going to start with the classic, which is going to be the odd couple. OK, like I think you, you kind of have to start there if we're talking about this subject. And for me, it was always good. You know, I started out when I first heard of the odd couple. I knew it was a play, but I also knew that there was a, a movie, but I never really saw the movie. I mean, I saw it eventually, but I saw like for me, it was the odd couple, which was, um, you know, Felix and Oscar. We'll leave the premise in a minute, but it was basically the one that was on TV, the Gary Marshall show that was with um, Tony Klugman. Randall and Klugman, Jack Klugman, yeah. right? The two of them, because it ran for like five seasons on ABC. That was the one mm. that I always loved. Um, I love the opening of the fact that, you know, they're, they basically, <laughs> their wives couldn't stand them, and then they had to try to live with each other, <laughs> right. which is great, great. which yep. is a great premise. I, I, have, I have a stupid question. Sure, go ahead. I have a very, I have a very stupid, because I've never seen the movie also. Okay, very good. Uh, I, I, I only really know the show okay. uh, for that. The theme song, is that uh, in the movie anywhere? I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, okay. that's a very good question. That's a- <laughs> Does anyone oh, really? know? I don't know. No, I, I, don't re- I, don't re- I don't recall that it is. I think it's just for the TV show. Really? You like the TV show over the movie? I, well, I saw that first. So that's one of like my, ba- my baseline for The Odd Couple is that. I just remember like staying home from school sick and it would be on like mid-morning. So I would watch it then, and then I would try to catch it whenever I could after that. I always loved it. I thought it was great. Oh, no. For me, I was fortunate enough to see the movie. And uh, we okay. got it again with grumpy old men. Right. Well, sure. No, yeah. I, I understand that. I'm just saying, for me, that was... I'm just saying the concept of the Neil Simon play of the odd couple, the two of them that they have to be, these two, you know, two divorced men. Um, Felix Unger is the slob, you know, yeah. sports writer. And... Um, uh, no, Jack, I thought Jack Klugman was... The, uh, yeah, no, that's right. Your Felix Felix Unger is, is Tony Randall, my bad. Yeah, Tony Randall's yeah. the um is the, the, knee, the freak. knee freak. Yes. Right. And then Oscar Madison is the is a slob played by uh Klugman, right? Yes, yes. And yes. then in the movie, Jack Lemon plays the the neurotic neat freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then Walter Matho plays Oscar Madison. Yes. Uh, yes. I love me some Walter Matho. Yes. Well, sure. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not yeah. denying the fact that the, the movie's great. I'm just saying yeah. for me it's it's I'm just saying the premise the 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 enduring, you know, you know, thing of the odd couple is something that, that they don't it's what it's weird because I mean the odd couple doesn't go away. Like every couple of years there's a new they take another shot at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they yeah, they just had recently. Yeah, they did with um with uh was it Thomas Lennon? Tom Lennon Tom and Lennon. Uh, uh, Matthew Perry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that was on. Which one was the slob? Matthew Perry was. Matthew Perry was yeah. the slob. No, yeah, that makes sense. I can see. Yeah. I can see Tom Lennon doing like a Tony Randall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, he does it very well. It was actually yeah. very good. I watched most of it. I didn't see all of it, but I liked it a lot. But there was like also one in the seventies that was like, um, what year was it? Let me see. I have it in my notes. It is. Oh, it's actually it's the black version. But I got a I got a quick interruption here because I did some research on the theme song. Oh, very good. And it appears the theme song was from the film. Oh, wow. It was composed by Neil Hefty, who is also known for the Batman 66 theme song. Awesome. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. he's, done, oh, wow. he's done some definitely some memorable theme songs in his time. The more you know. So I was checking my notes and then I, I knew I saw that it was 70s, but 70s was the, the odd couple. Like 1970 was the one with 
um, Tony Randall and uh, Jack Klugman. But in 82, they yeah, tried it again with a, with a new odd couple, which was Damon Wilson from, which was Lamont from Sanford and Son, as mm. well as Ron Glass from Barney Miller playing yeah. uh, Oscar and Felix for like a season. It didn't last very mm-hmm. long. And okay. then there was, supposed, there was supposed to be another shot at it. And I have, I'm looking to find when that year was. But there was supposed to be one with Rita Moreno and Sally Struthers playing a yeah. female version. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That could be fun, actually. Yeah. Could have been, it could have been a lot of fun, but I don't, think, I don't even think it even came to pass. I think it was just something that was talked about. I could be wrong. Does right. anyone know? Nobody needs to take a shot at that I've now. I've never even heard about that one. No, yeah. I, I heard the idea of it. I never saw any episode concerning. Yeah, I don't think they even... Sh- Although, like, like, two broke girls is kind of the concept. Absolutely it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the, there was, yeah, there was talk of it for, um, like I said, I don't know if it ever, they actually shot anything for it, but there was one um, talk of doing that one. That was one that I heard. And then, like you said, Tom Lennon and, and Matthew Perry. Well, I think I've talked about this before, like in, in, our, in our personal lives, but I haven't talked about it in an episode. Um, locally, there was supposed to be a, um, a theater production of it. Um, okay, apparently YouTube has a, as a, as a um, for 1985. There was a theater production of the two of them together, it looks like. Okay. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They did a Broadway revival of it, doing a gender swap version of The Odd okay. Couple. Okay. Nice. <laughs> but I guess never. But there was a local, so be a local production of The Odd Couple with, um, who was it? Uh, let me see. It's supposed to be Jamie Farr and then William Christopher, who played um, Father Mulcahy, were supposed to be playing The Odd uh. Couple locally. <laughs> and one of the biggest regrets of my life is that I didn't go see it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because I think it would have been awesome to see them in the odd couple together, much less the fact that they were mashed together. Right, right. But I love the odd couple. I, I, I like it in, in basically every form that it's in. I think it works. I think it's a solid, yeah. a solid, you know, um, odd, you know, solid pairing of two people that really shouldn't get along and don't get along. But there's something there that keeps them together. Right, right. So that's my. That's where I think we should kick it off. That's, that's why I kicked it off there. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I mean, and I and and. You know, Mathow and Lemon have also like, you know, like like Tommy brought up Grumpy Old Men, which, mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I were, were just like watching, you know, whatever, just like ambient TV and Grumpy Old Men comes on and, and mm-hmm. she like she had no idea. She was like, oh, they were the odd couple, too. And I'm like, yeah, like they mm-hmm. they kind of <laughs> had like this weird dynamic of like they like they fell into these character roles like a bunch of times, like you mm-hmm. know, because it's the same there, too, where like Mathow is the schlubby one again in the Grumpy Old Men stuff. Mm-hmm. And and he's Oscar Madison in, in in the original like Neil Simon one, and then there was like there was a weird like Odd Couple two came out something like thirty years after the first one. I mm-hmm. remember when they did the sequel for that like in the nineties, I think. Right, like late nineties. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that one. I have definitely not seen that. I remember trailers for it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was you know it was when they were certainly older and and stuff like that. But you know, looked good. It's Neil Simon. You know, that, that mm. doesn't suck ever. No, no, no. <laughs> you no, know? that guy's that guy's usually pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the stuff he's written, it usually is pretty timeless. So, mm. yeah. I'm curious what everybody else's is going to be for the rest of this episode because my my guess is that like there there is probably some some reference or some or some ingredient of the odd couple in maybe everybody's. Right. Probably choices, you know what I mean? Like, oh, sure, 
it's such a classic just like opposites playing off of each other mm-hmm. thing and, and right like that's that's like the base that so many things build off of oh is, yeah is that dynamic of that counterbalance dynamic and and you get in all the other genres because like it is it's a it's a it's a, a trope that works in pretty much any genre too like you can fit mm-hmm. that in anywhere and it's always funny <laughs> <laughs> all right tommy who's yours so oh, I, I went for low-hanging fruit. Okay. <laughs> My low-hanging fruit was Sherlock and Watson. All okay. Right. Okay. Um, we talked about it extensively before, but I couldn't help but bring back to that moment of just how it's almost like sidekicky, but not. Mm. It depends mm-hmm. on which version you want to push or how you want to um, play both characters. But that dynamic duo, if if you don't see one, you don't see the other, you know? Mm-hmm. It's almost weird without having the other. But I love... Frank reference to the odd couple. I didn't even think about that. That's something mm. perfect. But to me, it was just the whole thing of uh, the old, the the bromance that's <laughs> that <laughs> right. just lasts no matter what. They just need each other. I mean, they both are great individuals on the on their own, but just together, they just fit like a puzzle piece. You know, right? Yeah. And there's an odd couple element to them too, especially that especially in the in the later iterations definitely gets played up as well you know oh, like like you know we talked about it in, in previous episode but like the the downy and jude law like like i i love that like he drives him nuts like sherlock drives him absolute crazy yeah right. <laughs> you know well, well he always comes off as one's quirky the other one's straight as or mm-hmm. as far as the every man yeah the every man mm-hmm. with the not every man mm-hmm. but yet i ever one grounds the other and one ellipse uplifts the other in a peculiar yeah. way that you just don't see coming or at least you do see coming but it's still gratifying to witness it and to see how how they balance each other out, so to speak. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, uh, extremely low-hanging fruit with that Sherlock and Watson. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is there. It is present in all the different versions because Zach mentioned Jude Law and Tommy's a big fan of Elementary. Mm-hmm. And it was there with Lucy Liu. And uh, I'm drawing a blank on on that Sherlock's name. Uh, Jonathan Reese Myers, is that him? Not not Jonathan Reese Myers. Um, um, something Johnny Lee Miller. Is Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah, and then um, and in the Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Martin Freeman version as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like that. Watson is always exasperated by yeah. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. Yeah, they're a fun dynamic. Always, I think, and it's 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 hard to imagine any them without the other. Right. Mm-hmm, like, yeah, like, yeah. like either one of like either one of those characters, like in a vacuum by itself, I don't know is as interesting at all without the other one to play off of. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. Has anyone ever seen the return of Sherlock Holmes? It's like mid eighties or late eighties. No, I've not. It's, it's Sherlock Holmes is basically, um, he's, I don't remember how he got frozen. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but, yeah, but he's cryogenically frozen, and then he's thought out like eighty years after the fact by um, a, a female descendant of Watson's. Okay, so, oh, wow. So it's so it's an early kind of like a female Watson with Sherlock Holmes, and at first it's kind of this whole like learning curve where he doesn't really like some of this. He he makes you know does the whole Sherlock Holmes bit, and then it's wrong because he doesn't realize something about the time has changed or like the the setting or the 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 the, the city that they're in has changed. Right. But by the end, he's he's up and running, and I think it was supposed to be like a like a not quite a backdoor pilot, but back in the day when they would do like a made for TV movie in the hopes that someone would be like, would watch it. Right. Kind of like when we talked about Moonlighting and Moonlighting was first a two hour movie and then they, they spun it kind of into their own series. Yeah. I just, I don't think it did well enough to make it, but I do remember it as like for like Sherlock Holmes stuff. I like, Mm -hmm. 
that I thought it was, it's interesting that they gave him, you know, a fe- like at that time, a female Watson was not like with Lucy Liu. It's not something that we've seen before. So at least that right. I didn't know of that they right. had. So, but just the idea of a cryogenic. And I think Moriarty's frozen too. So Moriarty gets the thought and then it's, <laughs> they pick back <laughs> yeah, up where they yeah. left off right. <laughs> in London. So are they frozen facing each other? I don't know if it's that, if it's <laughs> quite like, like that. the dinosaurs saucers open. I think they're like, I honestly think it's something like they're in a vault or a train car or something where they get frozen oh there and then they get thawed later. And then when they accidentally, like when they f- discover Sherlock Holmes, they don't realize that Moriarty's there and then he gets free as well. So okay. if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a long time. So, wow. That's yes. a bizarre idea. I know. It's like but, Khan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that that iteration has not been rebooted also. I'm surprised sure. that like. Sci-Fi Channel hasn't taken a stab at that or something. Right. Like Holmes, tw- Holmes 2099 or... Yeah. Well, it was, the, it was the cartoon by Deke around the, the turn oh, of the millennium, yeah, yeah. which I mentioned a couple episodes That's back. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Oh, really? Yeah, it's that premise, but then it's not until like the 22nd century that he gets unfrozen. Oh, he's frozen there too? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure he's frozen in that one too. Okay. And and Watson is like a robot that they downloaded Watson's consciousness into. Oh so that's his oh, Watson. Wow. Yeah. If okay. I remember right, it's been a while. Is he doing lots of heroin in order to solve crimes in that one? <laughs> not in not in not in that one by Deke Animation. No. Okay. All right. Is yeah. he keeping bees? Is there bees kept? <laughs> Future bees. Future, Future bees. bees. Right. Yeah. Robot bees. Maybe they look like the way Neil Adams draws bees in that one Batman comic <laughs> in the future. We'll post the still of that. So you guys know what we're talking right. about there. Right. It's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we got the odd couple. We got Sherlock and Watson. Mm-hmm. I think two foundational pieces for sure. That's good. Mm-hmm. So Clifton, who do you got? So I'm going with one. Like I said, it works in any genre. And this is one that goes through one genre on its way to another genre. And that's mm. Men in Black. Because it goes, uh-huh. it goes from buddy to buddy cop to sci-fi. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And and then does it. So we got Men in Black from uh, 1997, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, written by Ed Solomon, who also wrote Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, was the creator mm-hmm. of the Bill and Ted series uh, and characters, and then stars, of course, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Yep. Very good. And I mean, a lot of people know it was based on a comic, but nobody ever read that comic. Right. It was a comic. They did. They didn't. Right. Because it was published by a company called Aircell that was then bought by Malibu, which was later bought by Marvel. But nobody read that comic when it was, no. when right. it was published. No. But it was a, like it was a, obviously a, a great germ of an idea in there that, that turned into a great movie. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like there was something good in there to mine stuff out of. I've never read the comic, though. <laughs> but the comic was by uh, creator Lowell Cunningham, I will mention. I've never seen a comic book of it. That's, that's like, that's like oh, an really? original. <laughs> I've seen based on, based on the Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones version. I've seen that, mm-hmm. right? But like, right, I've never right. seen an original one. No. Yeah, no, I've seen pictures of covers <laughs> okay. online or like in Wizard Magazine back in the day, but I've never seen, I've never seen one in person. This was almost on my list. This is a super fun one. This because this is this is again like your clear cut like you know the fun one and the straight man, mm-hmm. right? Like playing off of each other. And and I remember, um, this this was when I was huge into E ex, exclamation point E <laughs> watching like the movie trailer shows and behind the scenes stuff. This is how I knew like the Odd Couple two 
because I remember seeing the trailer on 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 E. Talk soup or you talk, talk soup, soup and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they, I remember. So like Men in Black, this is a this is like a huge movie coming out. I remember, and I remember watching like a behind the scenes things with interviews and all of them. And Will Smith, I remember talking about Tommy Lee Jones. He was like, man, he's the perfect partner for this kind of movie because he is just deadpan always. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. on set. He was like, he's just a comedic brick for me to jump off of. <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I'd like to see those outtakes. Oh, yeah. Oh, just him trying to get awesome. him to laugh and failing yeah. miserably. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a fun one. I remember also like Will Smith almost uh, not almost wasn't cast, but I mean, like his character had a super, super long list of like possible people in Hollywood that they were thinking right. about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure you like I mean, it would have been a different movie with somebody else, really, yeah. especially at the time. I think. Like the the pedigree of the creators is good. Barry Sonnenfeld and Ned Solomon, like I like a lot of their stuff. I'm a huge Bill and Ted fan. <laughs> and so I think like it still could have been good, but it would not have been the same. It wouldn't have been what we got and what we yeah. got was great. Yeah. Shout out to Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, it's, yeah. It's Edgar. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And she, Tony Shalhoub's really good in that yeah. too. Yeah, he is. That's right. I, I forget that that's him. Yeah. Shalhoub's <laughs> just awesome in that. But yeah, D'Onofrio as well. Yeah. But the uh, this the the mixture of the two of them really works well. The idea that you know one's the grizzled <laughs> veteran and the other's the new kid, and it works again <laughs> right. as, as as a trope and as a, as a movie, it works really really well. Yeah. No, I love Men in Black. Second one, not as much. Third one, I love too. Third one's a lot of fun. I've never <laughs> seen the third one. Oh, Josh Brolin no. is an awesome young Tommy Lee Jones. Like he's <laughs> <Yeah>. perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, Men in Black 3 is definitely worth checking out, I think. It's a lot of fun. More it's than a lot two. Of fun. I agree, more than two. Yeah, no, two, two, uh, not not as big a fan of two. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Nice moments, though, for sure. For sure. Anyway, though, all right, so I'll I'll close it out, and I'll do the, the genre that, that Clifton, you jumped, and I'm going to say <laughs> Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Okay. Ah. No, right. So I'll you do. You could have gone do, before me. You could have gone before me. <laughs> I'll do the buddy cop thing here, okay. and and the sure. reason the reason I do this uh, genu- like with sincerity is like really their relationship and their interplay is what sells the whole movie to me. It's one of those things where like I can yeah I can kind of tell you the plot of the first one, but like I don't really <laughs> remember. It's right like you know what I mean. Like if I explain it to you, it's it's not a silly plot, but it's just like, like it just, it's, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't sell anybody. Right. But mm-hmm. like, I think what sells people is those two playing off of each other. Sure. Right. And, and you know, Riggs just being just absolutely out of his mind. <laughs> right? right. Like paired off of Danny Glover's just like really, really reserved and quiet and looking to slow things down. And, you know, he's going to buy a boat. Yes. yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fun fact, I think I might have told you all this before, but that might be, I think Lethal Weapon is the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Soft, soft spot for you then. Yeah, I, it was one of those, I, I remember seeing it, it was, um, I had gone to see it at the movie theater with my friend and I didn't, I wasn't old enough to get into it. Mm-hmm. Like, so the, the girl, the ticket, the ticket taker was like, well, you know, without ID, I can't let you in an R-rated movie. And I saw other guys that I knew that were that were friends of mine that were younger that were going to see Platoon <laughs> at the same time. I said, well, those guys right over there certainly aren't old enough to go see Platoon. So if they can't see Platoon, if they're going to see Platoon, I should be able to see Lethal Weapon. And she's like, ah, fine, whatever. 
<laughs> gave me a ticket and then I saw Lethal Weapon for the first time. Okay. Yeah. No, it's fun. I think like, you know, the movie opens with like Murtaugh, who's Danny Glover's character is, you know, he's turned 50. It's his 50th mm-hmm. birthday. You know, he's de- definitely getting getting older there and he's put with a, with a you know, a, a new loose cannon, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, partner um, yes. who, who, you know, borderline nuts, but is also, you know, uh, heartbroken and has uh i'm walking on eggshells about it like <laughs> like you know he's 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 uh you know he's contemplated a, a suicide here sure um you know but there's there's a beautiful scene in there i think that's um the moment where riggs comes over to murtaugh's house and has food has dinner with the family right i think that, like that's the soul of the movie is that is that moment and that's the that's the moment where like they start like coalescing and there's just a really great bit where they're walking out like he's walking rigs to the door and then he's like he's like you you got a heck of a nice family here you know and like it's just (laughs) it's like it's the it's it's the moment where it's starting to turn for the two of them and you know for what becomes this you know lifelong friendship between the two of them which i love i like that aspect Mm -hmm. you know it's a good one yeah that one is that shane black i always think that's shane black is that shane black uh yeah uh Donner, Richard Donner directed the fir- the first one at least, yeah. But okay. yeah, Shane Black wrote at at least co wrote it. I don't have the I don't have the credits in front of me, but gotcha. Yeah, that's remember the first time I remember like noticing him, and then it was like of course with Die Hard right after. So and he Shane Black has revisited the buddy trope since. Mm-hmm. Sure, but yeah, that's a great one. Uh, you know, we're you know outside of all the the stuff that was that happened <laughs> outside mm-hmm. of. The movies, yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a good series. It is, you know, it is you know. Ki- kind of an unfortunate development, too, for the TV show, which I was all, like all on board with for like there mm-hmm. was a moment I, I, of hesitation of like, why are they making a TV show out of this? And then it hit me. I was like, I started thinking of like characters interacting with each other that we don't get to see that often. And I started to think I'm like, with TV, you can explore Riggs and mm-hmm. and Murtaugh's wife more. Right. right. Like you can get them playing off of each other a little bit and like and build their relationship. And I and I thought like, okay, ah, that's what's selling the show to me right now. And then, you know, it's just one of those like where Riggs gets written out after like a couple of seasons because I, I there's, you know, issues on set, I believe. Right. Um something. Yeah. But it was all in. I love those characters. They're fun. Yeah. Absolutely. So all right, round two. Frank, so you're up. up. Yeah, you're up. up. Yeah, sure. I'm not used to going first. I'm always used to Tommy going first. <laughs> um, so this one might be a little obscure. 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 Um, I was thinking of like, I mean, I, I, I've said before that I liked a lot of like Marvel Team Up or Marvel 2 in 1 or DC Comics Presents or Brave of the Bold. One of my favorites is, is seeing Superman paired up with Ambush Bug. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's one of those things where I, I, it's they didn't do it enough for me. I mean, it's 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 weird because he first appears in DC Comics Presents number fifty two, and it's actually a Doom Patrol issue. But he's introduced as his first appearance, and he's almost played as a straight kind of villain. Like he actually, there's a parade, <laughs> and basically at one point it looks like he might have murdered someone at the parade, which is not typically Ambush Bug's thing. After that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's got the Doom Patrol and the and Negative Woman. It's a newer Doom Patrol, so Negative Woman's going berserk, and they're trying to deal with all that stuff, but. You know, he's kind of like his his bits there. He's got his costume. He's teleporting around. He's much more um, straight. You know, they play him much more. You know, he did fourth wall or any of that kind of stuff like he does later. Um, 
But the one that I really love is is the DC Comics present. It's only like seven months later. I keep thinking it's it's a further and further apart, but it's not. It's only seven months later. But it's it's that one is the DC it's uh, DC Comics presents number fifty nine, and the Superman and Legion of Substitute Heroes. And basically, the premise is. <laughs> Um, ambush bug escaped from prison. He sees Superman flying by, decides he's going to, um, like basically mess with Superman, not knowing that Superman is flying through the time barrier to go to the future. <laughs> so then it becomes a thing where Superman's like, I've got stuff to do. So he drops him off with the Legion. The Legion's not home. So he has to go to the Legion of substitute heroes <laughs> to okay. give them to them because he needs someone to hold them. Um, if you don't know about the Legion substitute heroes, it's basically the Legion's like the main like superhero team in, in the 30th century. These are the guys that don't make the cut. <laughs> they don't make, they make it in the club. So they put their own club together of, of people that get rejected by the Legion. And in, in, in Keith Giffen's hands, um, they're basically kind of like these lovable losers. Right. right? They've all got weird powers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they seem ridiculous and useless. Yeah. Like one is like, you got like stone boy who like can literally just turn himself to stone. Not like, like movable stone, like the thing or like rock. He's literally right. like a statue. Yep. Yeah. He just can't move. He's just, just around. He can't move. Right. You know, chlorophyll kid makes plants grow really fast. Color kid at one point was just like, would just radiate color at you. Um, Polar boy had kind of cool powers, but the Legion rejected him for like, or like nowhere afraid your powers might freeze up on us at some point. Anyway, and then they had like, like at that point they'd added infectious lass, which there's right. a point where she runs into ambush bug and he's like, what's your deal? And she's like, I make people sick. He's <laughs> like, Oh great. You know, that's, that's a, you know, that's a great power. But the whole, the issue then becomes this whole thing of they can't keep them. They put it, they don't have the, the they don't have the, 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 they're afraid to tell Superman that, you know, they're excited that Superman needs their help, but they're afraid they're, they're ashamed to tell Superman that their, their, their holding cells don't work. So they put ambush bug in a fish tank. <laughs> and he easily escapes and then it becomes a deal of like we have to stop ambush book from finding out that in the 30th century like clark kent is superman and it's common knowledge like school children are taught this in, in in throughout the galaxy that this is a thing that everyone knows who he is like it's not a it's not a secret but they don't want ambush bug to find out so then it becomes this whole thing of trying to stop him and then hilarity ensues but I always like to see the two of them paired just because of the fact that it's he's not quite a, he's not the level of like mixy trouble right but he's more like an annoyance of like, oh god, I got to deal with this guy. <laughs> but like, you yeah. know, he's he's re- relatively harmless. But then again, he's he's an, you know he's definitely a nuisance in this particular issue, far and beyond what he normally is. Interesting pull. Thank for you. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. I have read this issue that you're talking about <laughs> because you've loaned it to me. Right. <laughs> That's the only reason why I I know of its existence. Mm-hmm. But ambush bug, he's a delight, especially yes, he is. Yeah, especially um. <laughs> You know, I was introduced to him in the Brave and the Bold episode. The finale right, he uses right. Ambush Bug, uh, voiced by Henry Winkler, which is awesome. Oh, <laughs> Ew, it is so good. It is so, so good. Yes. So everyone's familiar with Superman. What's Ambush Bug's quick deal? Quick synopsis. Yeah, please do, because uh, it's my first time hearing about this whole story, to be quite honest. So basically, <laughs> Ambush Bug is, is he's got his, uh, Erwin Schwab is his name. <laughs> just ridiculous himself <laughs> he basically has a costume that that you know this 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 ridiculous costume that he has little like little um bugs or gnats in, in his antenna that come out that basically like he can as long as they spread out wherever he can teleport from place to place with the with the suit okay that's it that's his whole All deal right. mm-hmm. and then he, and then it eventually evolves to like ambush bug goes from like showing up in like these these dc comics presents to being a couple issues of like action to like getting his own 
he's like two miniseries in the eighties mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of one shots. And then like he showed up in like, I know he showed up in when, when Giffen was doing doom patrol, he was in that. And we talked to like, uh, Zach just said he was in the brave, of the bowl finale. Right. Um, yeah, he's just one of those characters that's, that's fun that they, they mm. like, they like to bring out every once in a while. Was he always like a fourth wall breaking character or was there just a point where people were just like, ah, I don't care anymore. And just started doing it. No, it was, I mean, that was my point. I was going to say it was like long before Deadpool did it. Even right before, like you had uh, Burn Shield do it, he was doing it in his own miniseries, I believe. If they got the chronology right, he was doing that sort of thing where he's, you know, when he gets his own series, it's you know this whole thing of, um, him talking to the audience, and then also all the lunacy of all the various things going on in the DC unit. Like he's just basically like poking fun. Giffen really goes wild with just poking fun at things that he thinks are dumb. Right. <laughs> throughout DC history. Yeah. 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 No, that's a fun issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good pairing. That's a good pairing. We should shout out to to Legion of Superheroes the cartoon, which is a good shorthand for the Legion of Substitute Heroes if you want to to know what what we're all talking about there. That that's like one of the standout episodes of that of of like a really like uh a criminally underappreciated DC cartoon, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um unfortunately it's not on it's not on HBO Max at at the moment anymore. It was on DC Universe when that was a thing, but um mm-hmm. You know, you may be able to YouTube it or something. I don't, you know, <laughs> certainly, certainly available on iTunes. Yeah, it is available on Blu-ray. You can purchase it. I know that the Blu-ray. Oh, that's came right. Out. They did do it. Yeah, that's right. They did. A, they finally put the collection together. A nice set of that. So that's out. Yeah. So I highly recommend the series overall is nice. They, you know, they, they do some nice original stories and then they try to adapt some of the stuff from um, throughout Legion history and they do a really good job with it. You know, they, they, they definitely season two, they take a little more liberty with some of the choices of characters and stuff, but. Overall, it's, I mean, it's, if you like the Legion and all, I highly recommend the Legion yeah. animated. It's great. But those are the two recommendations I would make for a shorthand. If you want to check out Ambush Bug or the Substitute Heroes, I would like right. watch that Brave and the Bold finale, season three finale. It's the last mm-hmm. episode with Ambush Bug. Yeah. And then the first season of Legion Superheroes has Substitute Heroes. The disservice of Legion Superheroes cartoon, it had the disservice of being the first animated series after Justice League ended. Mm. So there was a lot of resistance because people wanted Justice League back and they weren't getting Justice League back. And mm. I think a lot of people just didn't give it a chance, didn't give yeah. Legion a chance. But it is a really fun show to check out if you did mm. miss it the first time around. Yeah. And it's also not not like a direct continuation of like the Tim stuff also. I mean, because because mm. we see Legion in, in a Justice League episode in a Superman episode and right. it's not like not really have anything to do with that either. Yeah, I mean, right. it doesn't doesn't like outright like deny it either but no you know um it's one of those if you squint it'll work if not if you really want to pick it apart it doesn't because it's more it's more um it's more it's more superman in the legion of superheroes than it is superboy right Mm -hmm. so which again i mean you know squint you'll be fine it works great because again (laughs) we because even in the when they go to the superman museum isn't there like the, the tim drawing there of superman i think so yeah. yeah, so it's it's one of those. It's, I think it's a they Timish looking model for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. but again, regardless, if you like Legion at all, it's a good it's a good series. Yeah. Check it out. So big tangent over there, but it's okay. It's nice to give that show some love because sure, you know, it doesn't get talked about as much. So nope. All right, Tommy, you're round two. Yeah, I, um, I was kind of torn with this one because I can't say I really know that much about them, but they're romanticized all the time. Mm-hmm in ways that um, far exceeds what anybody really knows about them. But I'm talking about Bonnie Elizabeth Parker. Okay. Clyde Champion Burrow, better known as 
Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, say what you will, but every every I think young romance in which uh you want to do bad or go against the law or be public enemy number one, <laughs> or whenever a guy says I want a romance with the ride or die chick mm-hmm. you refer to, <laughs> right? Yeah, the 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 romance of Bonnie and Clyde in which they did whatever they did for each other despite um well hell. They they like robbed over a hundred different um had a hundred different robberies together and died stupid young. Yeah. But it, it's the whole imagery of being with somebody and committing crimes together and having someone got your back willing to kill or die for one another. Right. So I bring up Bonnie and Clyde. It's a good one. It is yeah. a good one. This is a surprising one too. I was I, I would never have guessed this was they were on anybody's list. <laughs> this, is good. this is cool. <laughs> Well, they are real people. Yeah. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Yeah. But yeah. they are real people who have, have become an archetype in fiction. Yes. Oh, yeah. In many ways. So I think that's what that's what Tommy's getting at is like, yeah, like, like it is weird that, that you can describe a fictional archetype as just, yeah, like these two actual <laughs> robbers mm, right. in history. The film, the Warren Beatty film and Faye Dunaway from 67 is, is a fantastic movie if nobody's seen it. Gene Hackman's mm, yeah. in it. It's a great, great movie. Ultra violent for its time, if I remember. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Surprisingly violent for yeah, 1967. No. And, if, and if you're not expecting it like I was when I saw it, I was like, whoa! Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that one definitely came to mind because I, I was beginning to watch The Highwayman, mm-hmm. which kind of depicts that um that era. I think it was Depression era. Yeah. In which yeah. they were uh, taught. What's crazy to me is I always imagined them as... Uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway because they were older mm-hmm. during that movie, but they were young as hell, man. Right. I didn't know they were like 20 or no, in fact, they were younger than that when they got together and they died like at 23 and 25. Mm. Yeah, which is insane. Mm. I, there's no way I'd be able with a chick that's that nut. You're selling me on a TV show though now. <laughs> oh, the, oh, you really great. are. Like you're selling me on 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 like an FX like Bonnie and Clyde show or something. Yeah. yeah. But no, it, it would be great to see how just people against the law just, I mean, they did over a hundred robberies. Yeah. Wow. I like, they killed uh police to do what they had to do. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's to see them just go through stuff together. It'd be nothing to watch that stuff um in today's TV. Yeah. Just violent as all hell. Why but isn't no. this a TV show? Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> this would be awesome. It would be. Oh, man. And everybody, as soon as you put the name up, everybody knows what you're referring to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, like like Clifton said, like, yeah, it is, it, it's it's succinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know? along the way, like, Natural Born Killers is, mm-hmm. yes. I think, like, an yes. updated Bonnie and Clyde in many yes. ways. No, very good. Nice surprise, Tommy. Nice surprise. Thank you, Thank you very good. much. All right, Clifton, number two. So I've got several that, uh, like a lot of mine, I, I kind of went into the angle where they play with Buddy Cop and and become plays on it to comedic effect. And I got Hot Fuzz oh. from 2007, <laughs> which is Edgar Wright's uh, send up of Buddy Cop movies, of mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon, of Point Break, of everything, uh, <laughs> starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. That's a great um, one. Part of his, what is it, Cornetto trilogy? Yes. Um, it's the middle one, I guess, because mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead was first and then At World's End is the third. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's a it's a great send up of that whole genre of like 
high octane cop movies mm-hmm. uh where nick frost and simon pegg simon pegg's like the uh you know the no-nonsense city cop okay right. he's joe friday yeah who gets booted out to this like pastoral countryside english town mm-hmm. where there shouldn't be nothing going on and he's mad because there's no crime and and nick frost plays like the uh like the bumbling town deputy uh, yes. is it he gets paired up with to be his partner yeah who just wants to hear his stories of like real cop work all the time because <laughs> yeah. he just that he just <laughs> imagines being a real cop like that like an action cop well it's also that danny is his danny is almost like you like it's not quite spelled out but the idea that nepotism is the only reason why danny has the job oh yeah 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 in the town <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then uh, we mentioned this one in Rocketeer because it's got Timothy Dalton in it again, who's oh. uh, uh, very good in this one as well, mm-hmm. playing an antagonist. Yes. Uh, what I love about that movie is the fact that it's 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 got a hammer horror type feel like those British horror movies where like something horrible is going on in the town. It doesn't quite feel right the whole time. Yeah. Like simmering under the surface. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Things are a little too perfect, a little too polished in the, in the town that they're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great movie. I've never seen it. No? <laughs> We've recommended it like so many times, but he won't watch it. I hear good things. I hear good things. Oh my it's God. It, so oh, good. it's so good. It works on I mean, so many it's a send up of every movie you love. Yes. Yeah, you, yes. Yeah, you, would, you would be on board. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, as much as I love Shaun of the Dead, it's a, it's a horse race between that and Hot Fuzz. I love those two movies. Those two okay. movies are great. It's like a super tight script too. Yeah. When, when I rewatched it again, I'm like, man, like there's nothing, like there's no waste in this script. Like everything's mm-hmm. good. No. Written by Edgar Wright too. Yeah. By himself. Yeah. By himself. I, or did he collaborate? I will look someone? that up real quick because he does collaborate sometimes. Okay. Yeah, but that yeah, that that'd be a perfect quick. movie for you to watch, Zach. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's love good. It. And it's almost timeless. Yeah. Absolutely. It plays in that so well. Yeah, I haven't watched mm-hmm. that in years. I need to rewatch that. That's a great movie. It's it was on cable for a while, and I, every time it was on, I would stop and from wherever it was and watch some of it, just because it's, yeah. it's got it's got so many good scenes. It's got so many moments of uh, you know send up for stuff that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. In fact, Frank, you're the one that put me on that. I was like, Hot, what? What? Yeah, <laughs> love Hot and Fuzz. Simon yeah. Pegg is credited writer on it as well. Okay, okay, sure. So he did collaborate. Yeah, so good. I got to check it out. I yes. will. I promise. Yeah, so absolutely. You would not be Definitely. disappointed. No. Well, worth what it. you know about Simon Pegg, Edgar Allen, um, Edgar Wright. Yeah. I mean, I said Edgar Allen. Wow. Yes. Edgar, yeah. Edgar Allen Pegg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love that one. So All good. Right. So for my round two, I am going to go with uh, JD and Turk from Scrubs. Ah, <laughs> um, shocker! Tommy, did you have this one? <laughs> no, no, I'm not <laughs> laughing because your choice does not surprise me one. No, bit. No, no, doesn't surprise anybody. No, 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 not at all. What I love about this one, I, I I wrote down in my notes as I was thinking about this. I was I I wrote down maybe one of the most healthy examples of a platonic male relationship ever on tv right. romance yeah like, really? i mean oh yeah like never fought over a woman yeah right. right never fought over a woman relationship is never in jeopardy for anything no you know what i mean like like not not for anything prolonged like they're always like they're like each other's anchors 
which right. I like. Like they 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 just so openly care for each other. Right. Um and, and are affectionate to each other without it being weird. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Like they, they normalize it. They normalize being affectionate between between friends. And and this is this is I think maybe the one instance where at least on my list we're like it's not an opposite situation with them. Mm, like right. like they they are they're very similar. Like they're you know into the same stuff. They fight, they have the same like weird goofy sense of humor like whenever they're hanging out it's always something silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um right. Just one is and this is one of the things I like about the show so much is, is you know, JD has such a quality of, of in over his head mm-hmm. and Turk is just much more, Grounded. you know, he, he's he's a surgeon um, and he's just much more confident uh, right. about about everything. But no, I mean, this is this is, uh, you know, one of my absolute favorite relationships ever on, 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 on any pop culture. <laughs> um, and I think what makes it work is they're friends in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're, they are very close apparently in real life too. Like they, the backstory in the show is that they were roommates together when they were at college. Right. And then just decided to like, you know, like apply to the same places and everything like that. So they're interning at the hospital on the same day together. Right. Right. Stuff like that. But apparently like when they both got cast, supposedly they like, they, they shared an apartment with each other. when they were filming and stuff like that like yeah i mean they're super super close like to this day apparently like you know they moved over they moved to la like they Mm -hmm. live very close to each other well don't they do don't they do a podcast together where they do like rewatches they yeah they so amid the pandemic they started a podcast together right this is that was less i'd heard about them and their friendship was that which is cool yeah i just i just saw them on family feud that's why I was like, damn, they must be <laughs> and, they, they weren't, and, they, and they weren't against each other. I think they were on the same team, if I remember. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's even weirder for that. Right. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah. So, no, I love, oh, I love Scrubs for that. So, yeah. So, they're, they're, they're my number two. So, um, normally this would be the spot where I tell you guys, uh, you know, to, to like us, subscribe and leave us a review and everything, which you should do. Please, please do that. But we're going to go through, we're going to do our number ones here because we're going to close out with something uh maybe a little bit more fun uh than just their number one pick so we'll so you know uh, i'll leave it open to that so number ones let's go frank so my my number one odd couple pairing or odd pairing is um is uh robert de niro and charles groden from midnight run okay i've just watched it <laughs> interesting okay um and never, it's, never it's, seen it, this one either, uh, but I looked for it. I like I looked for it very recently. <laughs> wow! Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's from 1988. Basically, the premise is is that uh, Charles Grodin is an accountant. He's a mob accountant. He ran off with. Um, he takes a jump bail, right? He basically is, he's 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 skipped on on the bail, and on top of that, he's also embezzled money from the Chicago mob. So Robert De Niro is um, he's Jonathan Mardugas, the Duke, is what they call him, and then. Uh, Robert De Niro is Jack Walsh, and he's the bail bondsman who's basically hired by Eddie Moscone, mm-hmm. who's played by um, Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants. <laughs> and he has to basically go find the Duke and then bring him back to Chicago, right? That's the whole, that's the whole movie. And then it's basically a series of, you know, um, uh, 
Dennis Farina plays the the mob boss that he worked for, and that you find out that at one point De Niro worked in the Chicago mob, not Chicago mob, works for the Chicago Police Department, and there's like there's there's interplay there. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie because Groden is Groden plays De Niro at first, <laughs> like he's got all these issues and like he can't fly, <laughs> and they're you know they're being chased by the mob, they're chased by people who are trying to bring in uh, Charles Groden on their own to get the money. So, and then um, Yafikoto plays uh, Alonzo Mosley, the FBI agent that's o- overseeing this also because they want to get this mob boss in Chicago. So basically it's a, it's a, it's a buddy cop slash or a buddy movie with uh, uh, basically they're going across the country trying to get back to Chicago. Okay. So it's awesome. Like I, I love it. it. It's, I've seen it so many times. It, the performances are amazing. It's one of those, it's one of those last few movies. I feel like De Niro was still like acting. <laughs> Like he wasn't quite just he like De Niro in every he movie. Wasn't, right. He wasn't the parody of De Niro. No, no. It's long before you know. You know, analyze this or analyze that. He's basically right. being. You know, he's he plays the character. Oh, okay. analyze this is a good one though too. I love, <laughs> I love that one. But Charles Grodin is fantastic as the Duke. Like his, his Jonathan Marduk is just the 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 stuff that he does to try to like get away. And or like I said, play De Niro. It's fantastic. Like I I love this movie so much. It's one of my top like five, if not top three movies. I love this one. <laughs> I got to check it out. I got to yeah. check it out. I was looking for it recently, honestly, because, you know, it's it's funny that you're bringing it up because uh, I was listening to a podcast with Bill Lawrence, who's, mm-hmm. who's you know, creator, showrunner of Scrubs and Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, you know, uh, a name who, you know, I'll check out pretty much whatever he's working on at the moment. Right. Uh, but, you know, I was listening to him on um, on a writer's panel. And he was talking about like, like advice for writers and stuff like that. And he was, he was saying, he was talking about like one of the things was that drives him nuts is like when he meets like new, like aspiring writers who can't like tell him like what their influences are. And he's, he's like, I love TV. He's like, I love TV. Right. I love movies. He's like I could, I could tell you 60 people in shows that influence me, you know? And he was like, he's like, just today, he's like, just today I was talking to my, my best friend and we were arguing about whether or not midnight run was like the greatest action comedy of all time. <laughs> 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 I could say that sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It's again, it's just it's it's funny, it's smart, you know. The character like I said, acting's good, character's good, it's well shot, everything about I mean at one point when I was reading up on it when um Charles Grodin just passed recently, I and there was a there was a thing I was reading about Midnight Run that I didn't know that at one point it was supposed to be a lot more serious kind of a drama. Mm. And 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 Martin Brest was like was I guess talking to the guy George Gallo was like, No, we're gonna we're not we're gonna kinda funny it up. We're not gonna we're not going to make it super serious. And I don't know how it would have worked if it had been mm. super serious with Groden and De Niro, but yeah, they're, I mean, granted, it's one of those movies where I would love to see sequel, but I'm so glad they never, never did it. Right. Cause I just don't think they could do it as well again, but it's such a good movie. But I would love to see um, De Niro's character either before he became a PI mm-hmm. or <laughs> as a result of what happens in the movie. Yeah. You just, well, I mean, you just have me with like Irishman technology, like de-aging De Niro for, for a Midnight Run <laughs> yeah, prequel yeah. in my head now. <laughs> Tommy, it still holds up, right? Oh, it definitely holds up. It, it's, it's Oh my God. It was, I watched it on Netflix the other day. Start yeah. to finish, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, one of, it's yeah. another one of those, if it's on anywhere, I'm like, oh, I guess we're not doing anything for a while because I'm watching <laughs> Midnight Run. So yeah, love those two together. Fantastic. Nice. I'll admit I've never seen it either. So oh, you need to watch it too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, some good ones. Tommy, number one. Okay, I'd be remiss if I didn't do this pairing. Um, I was urged and pushed. <laughs> Cause, and I can't even lie. I have a soft spot for it as well. 
And I don't know how to put the pairing because it's different from any other pairing I've ever seen of a couple. Mm. And, oh, let me introduce it. It's Garnet from Steven Universe. Okay. 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 All right. Now, the reason why I think this is a unique pairing because you don't know it's a pairing. Yeah. And spoiler alert, mm-hmm. huge spoiler alert. So if you don't want to have <laughs> Steve <laughs> Universe, the first season spoiled for you, please stop. Go mm-hmm. watch it. Come back and listen. But in Steve Universe, you have a character called Garnet, who is like a disciplined leader of the Crystal Gems. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's quiet. Stoic, stoic. steadfast. Yes. Yeah. Pragmatic, mm-hmm. you know, um, and she has this power called Future Vision in which she's able to see things coming. Well, it isn't until the season finale that you find out she's really a fusion of two gems, which are Ruby and Sapphire. Mm. And they're so opposite as opposite can be. <laughs> yeah. Sapphire is like emotionally reserved gem who has a high rank and she has the power to uh, see the future and predict what goes on. While Ruby's supposed to be her one of her bodyguards, but she's impulsive, hot-headed, has fire-related abilities, and she's a soldier. Well, they come together in a unique pairing and fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a love affair, and Garnet is their um, physical personification of the mm-hmm. love they share together. Yep. And they don't want to be inseparable. Yep. So they stay together as a unique being called Garnet. Hmm. And it's it's such a beautiful idea, just that, just right yeah, there. Like it's, it's the yeah. last thing you said. Like, like they're so in love with each other that they just always want to be fused at all times. Yeah, at oh, all times. Yeah. It's like a beautiful personified relationship to two people who didn't know they needed each other. But you don't get that until like 50 episodes <laughs> when you already <laughs> right. see Garnet as a character. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, it's so a the, shock. It's a shock oh, when it it's happens. It's a huge shock. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't <laughs> but, know fusion is a thing for a long time, and then yes. you don't even comprehend that that would be a thing. Yeah. Yes. But they lay down the clues the whole time, and you just don't realize it till it occurs. But it's a a great personification of love in a way that I've never seen a relationship shown in that way. Mm-hmm. That's so. That's my final pick is Garnet or Bidet Ruby and Sapphire. That's a great one. That's a great one. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen that done as far as relationships go, what it does, how they feel. And even they go through their own problems. And even when they argue with one another, it's nice how it's personified and Mm -hmm. how they deal with one another because they're two distinct personalities that are made to butt heads. But what's nice is how they come together and how they, when they come to resolve the issue, they're all uh, about the other Mm -hmm. in a way that's so loving and understanding and um, caring, you know? Right and selfless it's 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 i recommend that show to anybody because mm-hmm. it, it brings up uh just uh relationships in a way that are different from the norm you know i i can't even add to anything that you were saying <laughs> you, put, you put it so succinctly what yeah. what i mean yeah what 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 i will say is is i mean not that exact situation but yeah like their connection like they're like 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 the strength of that relationship, right? Like, like from a creative aspect, like, like enjoying watching that unfold as a viewer happens yeah. all the time on that show with, yeah. with like Steven and his dad. And right, you know oh, yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like, oh, yeah. I mean, just oh, yeah. the relationship dynamics in that show are so just 
just it's so fun to watch and it it, it's, yeah. it feels so good to watch it yeah it just just to kind of put some hype out there for it because i i freaking love steven universe yeah. it's so <laughs> yeah. good <laughs> yeah that, that show does a lot of heavy lifting for a kid's show and it, it does, does it put it in such a way that's awkward mm-hmm. it's like it's it's one of those you know cartoon shows in which the adults know what's going on where the kids are like oh this is a fun show He's like mm-hmm. ah yeah it is. <laughs> but yeah but no, it, it 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 it. But I just love the relationship of Ruby and Sapphire. It's it, and it's 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 gratifying as 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 a viewer. Also, sorry because like it it can it the show can surprise you in so many ways. Like there's so many episodes that start off one way, and then you don't realize that this episode is really going to be about this. Yes, <laughs> like yes. all the time happens with that show, and yet yeah. genuinely surprising every time it happens. Yeah, yeah, and and. And on top of that, to add more, uh, more to it, in eleven minutes, it's not even mm-hmm. a full twenty-minute show. It's yeah. eleven, a quick eleven minutes. Like they don't waste words, imagery. They put it out there, bam, and they're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, awesome show, great, great show. Any last thoughts on it? And I was just going to go back to talking about them individually a little bit. Just what makes the like the odd couple portion of it is is Ruby and Sapphire's distinct personalities. Is Ruby is is the one that's impulsive and lives only in the moment and can't see past this moment. So mm-hmm. gets frustrated easy, gets angry easy, and and Sapphire's always looking to the future. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and sapphire is not living in the moment and then that's why they need each other and like you see the like the faults and like what looks as faults separately becomes strength together yep yes yeah yes oh it's so perfect yep no good one <laughs> yeah. good one again yeah i mean w- w- didn't even think about it because because like I, I i have to remember like i still like you know i mean there's still like like one person yeah. in my head sometimes when i when, when i think about the show right mm-hmm um but yeah garnet's awesome garnet is yeah. awesome great yeah such a great character okay glifton number one so i'm going animated as well okay yeah. for my number one cool and in revisiting another one that plays off of buddy cops and that is the disney cartoon Fillmore from 2002 <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> nice 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 which is unfortunately really hard to to come by if you want to watch it it's not been up on disney plus i've I've tried to tweet at them to tell them to put it on disney plus it's not there yet yeah. it was a saturday morning cartoon in 2002 ran for two seasons on um i guess abc back then when there was still saturday morning cartoons it was created by um scott gimple who was ah. later later known for producing walking dead and fear huh. the walking dead among other things but he did uh, create and develop a Saturday morning cartoon. And the premise of it is that it is a uh, Cornelius Fillmore is the main character's name. He's voiced by Orlando Brown, who was a young actor at the time, most known for playing Eddie on That So Raven around mm-hmm. the same time period. <laughs> he's 3J, 3J on Family Matters. Yes, also- <laughs> he's also appeared on Family Matters. And... Uh, Cornelius Fillmore is a a kid with a troubled past who gets recruited into being a safety patrol because he's trying to to turn over a new leaf and put his uh, checkered past behind him (laughs) and do some good in the world. But, uh, you know, a lot of people won't give him the benefit of the doubt and and a lot of his shady past in in 
school troubles catches up with him and he gets uh, paired up with the, you know, straight shooting by the book safety patrol, whose name is Ingrid third. She is voiced by Tara strong who, you know, from absolutely everything. (laughs) She's been voicing a lot of stuff for a long time. Raven, the original Powerpuff Girls bubble, Miss Minutes most recently on Loki. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like the the more serious uh, by the book Safety Patrol. But she's also kind of goth because she was like a little bit of a 2000s goth look. <laughs> but they do the whole show like in the spirit of a 70s buddy cop show. Oh. <laughs> so they've got like their they've got their commissioner that's like the kid, like the, like the kid a grade ahead of them who's in charge of the patrols. Yeah. Who's, you know, like always coming down on their case. <laughs> <laughs> and and the principal is is kind of like the mayor is voiced by uh, Wendy Malick is the principal of the school. Cool. Uh, but it was a ton of fun. Like I loved the show just because like I mean I got all the stuff they were referencing because I grew up on you know I, and I was watching reruns of the '70s shows when I was growing up. But like they filled my daytime afternoons after school, mm-hmm. so I knew all the stuff they were referring to. And in the uh, first episode <laughs> involves vandalism. And it plays a little bit like uh, American Vandal that Netflix came out with later. It mm-hmm. plays a little bit like that. But uh, yeah, there's a graffiti artist who goes by the name Flava Saver. <laughs> he's like their, yeah, he's like their Hannibal yeah. Lecter of the school. Yep. Like you can't trust him with a marker in his hand. Oh man, mm-hmm. that scene when they're going to see him is so great. Yeah. <laughs> in detention or wherever yep. he is. Yeah. When they're like, they're like, they're like check, check all your pencils, markers, colored pencils, chapstick, <laughs> anything. You cannot put anything that leaves a mark. You cannot put into this guy's hands. <laughs> it's such a fun show. Yeah. It's such a fun show. And everyone involved did great. And I just wish that uh, Disney would make it a little more available. Hmm. Yeah. It is a real shame it's not on Disney+. Plus. It needs to be. <laughs> it needs to be. Fillmore is so much fun. Oh yeah, no, good one. I, I I love our little like weird sidebar of like unappreciated <laughs> animation in this episode right. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Fillmore is awesome. All right, so my number one. Um, I was gonna say Corey and Sean, obviously for Boy Meets okay. World, because right. uh, you know it's me. Um, but <laughs> I was afraid that we didn't have enough women on the list, so I so I'm, I'm gonna say Harley and Ivy. Okay, Sean, nice. Because um, this is this is a relationship that like, first of all, I love that episode of Batman animated series when they first get paired up together. And it's just it's just so much fun. Uh, And that's just sort of like that's sort of, uh, um, you know, the lightning in the bottle moment where like that episode comes and then everybody's like, Mm. whoa, wait a minute. We got something here. Right. (laughs) You know. (laughs) And I just like, like, I love how, like, the relationship has has evolved where, you know, right. it started off as a platonic thing. And now, like, like, they're together, you know, right. like, they're a couple and uh, it's it's a natural fit, right. I think, you know, and it's it's the thing that's in common for everything that I pick, um, including Corey and Sean, which I, which I didn't get to is there's there is a a definite, like, believability of the fact that they care for each other mm-hmm. a lot, which which I uh, didn't intend for it, but apparently uh, it's super important for me as a viewer, <laughs> you know, for for duos. Um, yeah, I just I just love them together, you know. Oh, no, I love. No, it, it, it felt more organic the way they told it. Mm-hmm. It kind of it, it kind of gave me, uh, especially how it ended Thelma and Louise vibes. Mm-hmm. So it didn't mm-hmm. seem more in how they paired them together as far as um, how it worked. I like how 
they um, structured their relationship. It wasn't a shock. It wasn't forced. Right. It was, you can see how they benefited one another or didn't listen or listen, but it was give and take. Yeah. So when it comes to that final ending in which they paired them together, it feels more organic than yeah. anything that I've seen um, when they do force characters together because just because they're a little cute. You know, that type of thing. Yeah, I, right. I like that the setup is just kind of happenstance. Like they happen to be like, like pulling the same job. Right. Like they happen so, to both be pulling yeah. a job at, at a museum and their paths cross that way. When, well, when like when Ivy like sets off an alarm and they're, and they're like, they're both going to get busted. So they need to help each other to get out of it. Right. Well, to me, I feel like it's an like, organic thing from when you see it at the animated series. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's that one, um, there's that one bit with, um, I forget which episode it is. But when um, Joker goes to use his flower on Ivy and Harley's like, oh, my God, Red. Yeah. No, it's the same episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And she's like, you know, and she starts laughing because, you know, it's, it's toxic using yeah. toxins on Poison Ivy. But her genuine, sincere fear that she was going to die is <laughs> mm-hmm. where, where it just gloms together that, oh, huh. Yeah. And her playing off of it is so great too, where she's laughing and you think it's taking effect that she's just laughing at him because she's like, it doesn't work on me. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's I a love good that. bit. And that stuff, like, I mean, like, and it's very early. Like, I mean, in that episode, that first team up, uh, like she's already at that point, like, yeah. why are you with this guy? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's terrible yeah. for you. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they have like the holiday episode where they team up together is like, you know, is like they're 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 always fun together. And because of that, like, you know, I love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And it's just like there's no character in the DC universe that I want more in the movies than Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know, well, right now, yeah. like, I mean, I, like I, I'm I'm a little stunned, quite frankly, that there's not rumblings anywhere of like they're talking to this actress or they're talking to this you know like nobody mm-hmm. nothing right <laughs> you know not, it'll be no, i agree i agree they should, that that's something that i'm really surprised is not further along you know no nobody's saying anything i mean maybe they just you know they're content with the animated and mm-hmm. they're like oh that's cool for now and then but i agree with you, there should definitely be with as good as as margot robbie is as harley quinn there should be some kind of uh push for gotham city sirens or the two of them or just harley and ivy or mm-hmm. something yeah but yeah we have not gotten that yet so it's kind of weird no we should. And I had read rumors, at least, that that's something Margot Robbie really wanted, I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm not sure beyond that. Uh, it would it would be great. Uh, I think it would be fantastic to see it. And Margot Robbie is fantastic in all of her appearances she's been in that I've seen her in so far. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just, like, going back to, again, like, just, a, like, a germ of each character that I think makes them both work and really play off each other that you wouldn't think of, though, is that Poison Ivy is an absolute crusader. (laughs) Poison (laughs) Ivy is on a mission (laughs) and is determined dead set on this mission. And, and Harley Quinn is the exact opposite where she doesn't have a thought in her head about (laughs) about, like what she's going to be doing in the future. Yep. She's all about like, I'm, I'm here right now. And like, this is what I'm doing for fun. Yep. And, and it is like, it is something where like both characters, they do benefit each other in that way because both of them, have neither of what the other has to offer. Yep. Right. Yeah. No. Like I said, they caught lightning in a bottle there. So yeah. run with it. Put in the movie somewhere, please. Mm-hmm. Spilled my water. Uh- 
All right, so that's all of our picks now. So we're going to close out and we're going to do something kind of fun where we're going to do like a like a mashup. So we're going to pick like two characters that don't exist in the same show, universe, anything. It just kind of like put two characters that we want to see mashed up together. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but first, if you like our show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review. Finally, if you have any ideas for the show, you can send topics our way on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. All right. Mashup time. Man, that's something else. What's the matter? <laughs> What'd you have? <laughs> I had Katara and Zuko. Okay. I know they're in the same universe, so it doesn't... <laughs> no, that's fine. But the reason why I picked them was because their chemistry together is awesome in the... in and. <laughs> in the last airbender it is it's just it, it's almost more organic for them to be together than them with their partners oh we got, Zutara. we got a zutara here mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah <laughs> yes oh my gosh the way they the way they go through they went through links for each other it's just it it, it was just <laughs> uh, chances, miss miss glances Oh boy, you're not alone. Listen, I I will I will never complain about anything we got in Airbender, <laughs> but I think I'm a Zutara also. Thank oh. you. I think I am too. Thank you. Yeah, really. I was just gonna say yeah. you're all, you're all not alone, but the uh, the creators are not on your side. No, 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 they're, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not, not at all. Not at all. But the chemistry, wow. Yeah, I agree. There's something there. There is there yeah. is definitely something. I mean, look, like we're we're not all just like latching on to nothing. No. Here, you're right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I like her and Ang together a lot too. Like, like I do think that, that make that does make a certain sense. And like it it's not it's not to me, um, it's really not an either or, you know what I mean? Like I'm not disappointed yeah, no, right. that, that they're it's together, but it is also, yeah. but I mean, but there's something just so interesting about Katara and Zuko together. And Zuko. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Okay. So that works. Yeah. We'll allow it. Go for it. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Frank Clifton, what's your mashup? It's hard. <laughs> so hard. Well, there's so, so many hard. options. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes. Right. I know what I want. Okay. And it's not so much opposite, just the fact that I always wanted to see the two of them together. I mean, like, there's there's a there's a fair amount of I'm not sure exactly who does them all, but you like see um uh, you'll see like uh, someone take like the Marvel two in one with the thing mm-hmm. and take him and like put him with the DC characters. Like one of my favorites is like Calvin and Hobbes and Daredevil. Right. And they put, just put the images together. looks like they're dancing right. together, <laughs> which is amazing. It's so good. So whoever that got, whoever that person is, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, right. but it's amazing. I love that. But no, I, w- I would love to see um the thing and, and, and the demon put together in a book. Okay. Mm. Okay. I yeah. just think, I just think visually, like, you know, someone with a really good Kirby, like Steve Rude or somebody with a really good Kirby sense right? Um, could do an amazingly awesome, you know, like team up between the two since we don't really get those cross, you know, those cross company crossovers mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. But that was one I always wanted to see was the thing in, in Etrigan. I thought the two of them together in a book, just because Etrigan, I think, would would bug him just with the rhyming. Right. 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 Cause, you know, cause Ben is so grounded and the demon is just so like whatever, but at the same right. time there's, a, there's a rules to who, how he does stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it would just be fun to see, you know, and, and he, but the other thing is you could just go crazy with like your Kirby monster stuff in the background. The two of them fighting a monster would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I want. No, I want, I want the Kirby. I want the Kirby. I want uh, I want Kirby stuff all over the place, and then the thing in the Etrigan. That's okay. what I want. <laughs> no, I like that one. You got me also though, like kind of kicking myself that I didn't say Calvin and Hobbes is one of my favorite duos though. Now well, when sure. you brought it up, I'm yeah. like, I was like, damn it. Yep. Of course. Honorable mention. Honorable <laughs> yep. Yes. Mention. No, that's ooh, you may <laughs> We can revisit it. We yeah. can do a whole show on Calvin and Hobbes. No, no, that's so I love the pairing. But yeah. your Ben Grimm remind me of um it reminds me so much of Hellboy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking Hellboy, I would love to see Hellboy and Etrigan. I'd like to see Hellboy and, and Ben Grimm too. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would love to see Hellboy <laughs> yeah. and Ben Grimm. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, that'd be amazing too. Yeah. So any of that stuff, DC and Marvel, Dark Horse, any of that stuff put together. We love the thing over here at Let Me Know How yeah, It is. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm a mark for Ben Grimm. I love Ben Grimm. He's the best. Like FF didn't come up at all for like our first like 70 episodes, and then like it's almost <laughs> every episode now, like Ben Grimm's got something. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Uh, I got I got a, I'm going to go with a weird one. Um, my honorable mention, which which I, I'll, I'll say quickly, because we, we almost got it was uh, Kolchak and uh, the X-Files. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that uh, Chris Carter was a big Kolchak fan. And mm-hmm. my understanding was that he actually reached out to him and tried to get him to come onto the show as Kolchak. Mm, right. uh, and the actor just didn't want to come back as Kolchak, but I think he did come to the show. Yeah, he's in an episode or two. Yeah, I he's think. in an episode, but he just didn't want to come. He just didn't want to come back as Kolchak. But yeah, I mean, there was, there was, you know, we almost got that where there was some universe like nodding to each other there, that show. So uh, I'm going to go with an even weirder pick. Mm. <laughs> and that's, I would like to see, um, Mike Flaherty, uh, who is Michael J. Fox's character from Spin City, uh, team up with Michael J. Fox's character from Family Ties, Alex Keaton. <laughs> I, I just like I want to see. First of all, what, what it would be like with the two of them in the room. Okay, just like like how those characters would play off of each other. But I want to see them like like fighting for something that they both have in common. Like I don't want to okay. see them like like uh, opposing forces on right. uh, like like on either side of, of of an issue i want them like working for the same thing which would be fun and you know there's a little nod to right. him in in um michael j fox's like send-off episode of spin city when he when he's leaving due to you know when he when he revealed parkinson's to the world and everything when he was suffering from parkinson's his last episode is you know he's he becomes like a lobbyist or something like that i forget and he's going down to like capitol hill and you know, his voiceover is like, you know, just heard about this uh, junior senator, you know, Keaton from Ohio. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's, a nice, it's a nice nod. It's great. Yeah, it is a nice nod. So I would love to have seen them together. But yeah, but that's my weird one. All right. All right. So tell us, guys, who your favorite dynamic duos are from all of pop culture uh, on Twitter or in the comments. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Just please remember to like us and follow us on social media, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>